0: Welcome to Ahead of the Game, a podcast brought to you by the Digital Marketing Institute. This episode is a big Q&A, where we explore an area of marketing through a leading industry expert. I'm your host, Will Francis, and today I'll be talking to Paul Ace about conversational commerce, or CCom as he refers to it, to learn how we can employ smart automation and conversational tactics in our marketing. Paul is the founder of Amplify CECOM, which helps businesses acquire customers through a blend of mostly automated experiences alongside some human interaction too. We'll talk about how those two elements work together, how Paul discovered this channel in his previous career as a wedding singer, and what tactics he employed, and what you can try right now to automate and improve your sales funnel.
1: Paul, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on. Great to be on our podcast with a fellow Brit as well. Well, it's, it's few and far between. Um, well, look, you know, you
0: are you live and breathe conversational commerce. I think a good way to start the conversation would just be to sort of set out the terms. Really, just take a minute to fully define for us what conversational commerce actually is.
1: Yeah. So, if you go back like 10, 10 20 years ago, and, and you look at like how internet marketing was done then, it was literally. Like people learned what these things were like landing pages and and being able to just get someone to opt in and buy something. And that was about as far as it went. But as time has gone on, expectations have got higher and higher and higher and higher. And this need for personalized uh, communication and instant gratification has just been massively important. So over the last four or five years, you know, some people call conversational commerce like chatbots, but it's far beyond that. Conversational commerce is about creating a 80% human like experience and then a 20% human experience that's what the way we look at it so what that means is for someone who is going for example let's say you go to a website and you're looking on the looking and browsing on there and then you get a message that pops up say hey i just wondered if you need any help now at that point that's automated but then the conversational part of it might then maybe the first two messages might still be automated based on the replies. But then from there, then it might hand over to a human to finish that conversation off. So conversational commerce is really looking at that hybrid between using state of the art automations that are out there that can recognize what people are saying and respond in a human like way. And then at the same time, also then handing over to humans at the right time to offer that an amazing customer experience Uh, to close one, increase conversion rates and to offer a better customer experience.
0: So is is it clear where the kind of handoff between automation and humans is? If it
1: is, then they're not doing it right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we look at, that's why we we don't say we do an 80% automated experience. We do an 80% human-like experience. So it appears to be 100% human, ostensibly. Yeah, so somewhere very close, right? Yeah. So, you know that for example, if if we're using something like SMS, well the first message will be just hey, hey, it's it's Paul from Amplify. Just wanted to see if something went wrong. I noticed you started checking out, and then the then they reply to you from that, and then the first response might pick up a keyword that they've said, Oh, I've struggled with the checkout, and then you might have an automated response that goes on that. Uh however, you might just roll over straight onto a human at that point. So what I would do is go, what went wrong? And then from there, then they go, oh, well, I was asking a question about this. And you're like, great, cool. I can answer that for you. And then that sale that previously would have gone, why did they leave? I don't know. Uh, then that turns into something that, well, it turns into one, you built rapport with them. And secondly, you might even actually end up getting them to spend more than they were originally going to because they go, oh, that answers my question. It's like, great. Oh, by the way, did you know? That we also, uh, when you get that, you could also get this as well for this. And they're like, "Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Let me give you a discount code for that right now."
0: So the value add for the business running CCom, as you call it, is it's about both um, capturing people when they are when they come to a website, when they start to enter your funnel, and making sure you don't lose them; they don't leak out of the funnel but also potentially about upselling to them and kind of building some sort of deeper relationship with them commercially, right?
1: Yeah, so it's actually, the great thing about CECOM is you can use it at every part of the sales process, right? So if you are selling something that is a high ticket product and you want to pre-frame that sale. So let's say, for example, someone was going to get on a sales call together Before that sales call, you may have an automation that set up that says, "Hey, we'll just want to check that you're still okay for the call today," and then you reply yes, and then from that it recognizes that and says, "Oh, great! Can't wait to see you there." Right? How human does that feel? But you can automate that. So then, when they get onto the call, it's like, "Oh, thanks for reaching out and making sure I was good for the call," Um, and then that's so that's pre pre sale on sale. You know, like the what went wrong style can work really well. And then post-sale, well, how do I create a better customer experience? So, for example, we've had things before where a customer will go and spend $500 or $1,000. And from that, you want to make sure that that customer's looked after, especially in the first, I'm just about to start to read a book by Joey Coleman, which is like how to never lose a customer again and turn customers into loyal followers in the 100 days. And using those kind of processes, right? If you look at the first thirty days after someone buys, what if you could send a voicemail to their phone that just said, "Hey, well, it's Paul from Amplify. Um, I know you bought a couple of weeks ago. I just wanted to check how's everything going. Like, did you get everything you need? Did you get access? Do me a favor, just drop me a reply to uh, this email, and I'll, what's it? I'll help you out if you've got any questions at all. I just want to make sure you got what you need. Have a great day. Yeah. Be- and they're like, wow, these guys. The owner rang me. Yeah. Right. And you can do that at scale. You could have a thousand customers a day and still do that.
0: It's amazing, isn't it? And and the chances of them ever buying from one of your competitors again goes down dramatically when you can do that right. So and that's the other thing as well, scale. That's what it's about, isn't it? You could do this. You could do conversational commerce yourself, but you'd be able to service about like two customers. Um, so it's about being able to scale it. Is is there any
1: potentially any limit to that. I don't suppose there is, is there? So it's you look at it different of 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 what scale you're at. So I take the the example of personalized video messaging. And this is how wide conversational commerce is, right? So it could be personalized video messaging, it could be conversational SMS, it could be messenger bots, it could be voicemails, it could even be back and forth email conversations, whatever it is, whatever the platform. But in terms of personalized video messaging, Now, we used to have an e-com business selling bridesmaids dresses. I would send a personal video message to every single person who who requested a sample of the bridesmaids dress, every single one. And we had an automation that set it up. Basically, I got a notification on my phone that said, record a video. Bang, done. It took 30 seconds. However, if we were selling a 1,000 dresses a day, that wouldn't have been sustainable. So what would I have done? I would have moved that part of the conversation down the funnel so I would have, for example, gone, okay, well, let's only take buyers that have spent $500 with us or £500. Let's take them. And we know that those people, if we can build rapport with those, they turn into $1,000 buyers. So how about I record a personalized video message to those people who have already bought and then say to them, hey, I just wanted to check how was your purchase? Um, I, I i love what you've done with i saw some of the photos maybe even that you've wore the dresses that we've also got this um just let me know if you're uh interested in learning more
0: well that's the thing i mean as the old saying goes it's 10 times cheaper to sell to someone you've already sold to right yeah. so it's about um you right it's about post sale and, and building loyal but what I lo- what i really like about that example you gave about the personalized video messages it, it you took all the heavy lifting of Oh, and there's an email, a new order, or a new request for a sample, and I'll have to go to my phone app and record a video, then put it in some other app to edit it. And then to, you'd put all the kind of the automation and the hard work in the hands of tools, so that basically you were just left with the sole task, the bare minimum task of human intervention. You know, the bare minimum of like human intervention, basically, to get it fulfilled. And I think that's part of it as well, isn't it? It's about um, leaving only. On the table, the tasks that only humans can do, but everything else is like a machine and the cogs are moving um, in, you know, some sort of, but that sounds, I mean, as I'm saying, I don't really know how that works. So what are the sort of, what what are your go-to tools? What are the kind of off the shelf or available tools that would be available to our listeners that you could
1: achieve this kind of stuff through? Yeah, so Bonjoro is something that we got introduced to about three years ago. Um, And Bonjoro is literally an app on your phone. It links up with uh, Shopify or, you know, you you can use... uh, I know a lot of people use Zapier, you know, to then link to pretty much anything. So I'll link it to any order page. And then it just sends a trigger that says, this person has just ordered, pulls through the details of the name and their email, and then it just comes up in your phone and you go, okay, great. I'll record a message. Or you could even link it, for example, to your calendar. So we've done that in the past as well, where you're about to get, and I can't remember if I did one with you or not when we got on our first call, but I might, I, some people, you know, if if I've got the capacity to do it at the time, they'll book a call and then it'll go, oh, you've got a new call booked in. And I'll go, okay, hey, really looking forward to a call tomorrow. It's going to be great. And uh, let's if you've got any questions in the meantime, just let me know. And then even better is if their email has got their web company website in it, then I'll have a quick look at the website first. Notice this on your site as well. Awesome work on that. Right. So they're like, oh wow, this person's actually done the homework.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's about um being more informed when you go into the sales process, right? You know, as part part of that as well. Um Okay, so this sounds great, but does it? Do you think it only works for purely e-commerce companies, i.e., people who sell stuff on a website, or or can it work for other companies as well?
1: It works for anyone who would make more sales if they had a conversation with a customer, which is most businesses, right? So, I know we we spoke just before we started recording about like a car dealership. Okay, um, one of one of our clients, sh- so I said, "Hey, we we've got this new SMS processor that, that that we are doing," and she said, "Oh, I actually just bought a car over SMS." Wow, right? <laughs> spent and spent a significant chunk of change on on a pretty much a brand new car because the say, she was like, I don't want to be on the phone. I've got time, mm. but if, if if she can have back and forth text message with someone that throughout the like let's say you start a build a report, what kind of thing you're looking for? Okay, great, 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 great. And then they don't respond. So that's when we go back to automation and mm-hmm. go, okay, cool, we'll, we'll set an automation to trigger a follow-up if they didn't respond after this amount of time. Yeah. And then we bring them back in. And as soon as they get a response, great, back to the human again. So we're not doing yeah. the heavy lifting of the manual follow-up. All we're doing is speaking to people who are actively going yes I'm interested in what you've got so if it's a car dealership great if it's a uh, consulting firm great if it's an e-com store great doesn't really matter what it is you just position the message slightly differently human psychology is the same
0: yeah and would you say that if I was to you know ask you to make a distinction between b 2 b and b 2 C the application
1: of that there so you know I've done it in both mm. like I say I've had a bridesmaid's dress business. And we've also had a, uh, I used to be a wedding singer. Mm. So like that conversational commerce where, for example, someone would go and opt in for our email list at a wedding fair. And then the day after I would go through all those emails and send a personalized video message to them. Yeah. Uh, And then if it's B to B, you know, we've done a lot with that. We just helped a a client with a, a pretty much a dead SMS list. He was like, oh, I'm not really doing anything with it. We we pulled $70,000 out of that in 48 hours just wow. by having back and forth conversations. I think
0: part of it, it sounds like part of it then is also getting over the fear of bugging people mm. with, with communication. I think that I come across business owners who would hear stuff like that and feel like, well, it's going to involve me spamming some people or it's going to involve some people asking to unsubscribe. But that's just an inevitable fallout of
1: messaging people at scale isn't it? Well, it is and it isn't. So it's about filtering the people who are interested, right? So if I've if I've sent you let's say you've just opted in for something and you've gone, "Hey, hand raise, I'm interested in this thing." And I've sent you a message and said, "Hey, what went wrong?" Mm. And then from there you're uh, you've replied, but then the second response you didn't reply. So you maybe said, oh, this is what went wrong. It's like, oh, have you tried this? And then you didn't reply after that. Then, now, then it's my duty to make sure I'll follow up with you to make sure you've got what you need. However, if you're just going to go every day sending SMSs or Messenger out just going, hey, why have you not bought yet? Hey, why have you not bought yet? That's just going to annoy people. I mean, I actually went through someone else's sequence of the day who I know is doing really, really, really well. They're doing over a million dollars a month at the moment. Um, and they've scaled significantly, I found their process just a little bit too heavy, right? So they followed up with me straight away. And it was like, hey, I'm online. And then about an hour later, it was like, it's really me. And then about three hours later, it was like, do you not want to talk? And I was like, if I wanted to talk, I would have talked. (laughs) Um, But I just let it hang on all of it because... I was like, I want to see what happens if I don't respond. Yeah, because that's what I do. I just go <laughs> yeah. go through and geek out all day, going, "Hmm, I wonder what happens if I do this. Wonder what happens yeah. if I do this."
0: Right. Okay. So it it does require a, a lightness of touch, I suppose, doesn't it? And and it's definitely not about spamming people. It's about it's about doing what a a human would do, um, essentially, isn't it? You know, and it's about having a kind of a natural uh, timing and flow to follow ups that uh, whether they're whether they're automated or not, basically, I suppose. Hello, a quick reminder from me that if you're enjoying our podcast series, why not become a member of the DMI so that you can enjoy loads more content from webinars and case studies to toolkits and more real-life insights from the world of digital marketing. Head to digitalmarketinginstitute.com forward slash ahead of the game sign up for free. Now back to the podcast funny you mentioned that you used to be a wedding singer uh which i presume is like an quite an entrepreneurial thing i mean is that how you got into this How how did you get into conversational commerce
1: yeah so um i was a wedding singer and at the time i just started to venture online a little bit where it was like OK, uh, uh, what if what if we created I learned, you know, about lead magnets and like what what if we could create something there to, to generate some leads online instead of just doing wedding fairs all the time? Because honestly, they knack you out <laughs> by the end of the weekend. You're like, oh, wow. Uh, so we created this thing called a Dream Money Secrets Box, which was basically an info product with all the details about what I did but also loads of information, loads. uh, We also partnered up with a lot of other local suppliers and got $2,000 worth of vouchers in there as well. So we were like, hey, you get these these books, these gifts, all that stuff, $2,000 worth of vouchers for $12.95. I think it was, it it might've been in pounds back then. My brain works in dollars because all our clients are in the US. Uh, But yeah, it was like $12.95. So it's a no brainer for people to get it. And we sold like 250 of them. And then made, uh, we built a group of three and a half thousand brides, and then I started experimenting with things called like like messenger bots when they first came out, and then I got more and more into this conversational side of things, and I realised, you know, like that's really what makes a sales is people building an actual community and rapport, and feeling like the. Every single person is a human beating heart. And that's what gets forgotten in marketing sometimes. It's just like, oh, this is how many leads I've got. No, this is how many potential human beating hearts you've got on your list right now.
0: Yes, that's true. Because it's about quality of lead, isn't it? And, you know, anyone can get the biggest number of leads, but it's about having the right people who've got the right intention. Right. So that's got an interesting idea. You put together basically a super package of just mega useful resources and vouchers as a lead magnet. And, and from there started to see the value of like bringing people into a funnel and then what you could do with those people over time by basically staying in touch with them. you probably realized at some point I can't keep up conversations with these 250 people and, and to start automating it out of necessity really.
1: Yeah, there was a bit there was a bit of that. And also I wanted to enhance the customer experience. So like I've always been a bit of a a mad scientist. Like Mm. if I can figure out weird ways to do stuff, I'll I'll do it. So one of the things that people were saying all the time in our Facebook group was, I don't know who to invite to my wedding. Mm. Right? That the whole, oh well, should I invite them? Should I not invite them? So I was like, Oh, what if we built a bot (laughs) that, that told them who to invite to the wedding? That was one of the first things that I built. And it was called dot dot the bot, which was a guest list decider. So it would go through and it was like, you know, are the uh do your parents say they should be invited? And then if they if they said yeah, they should, but they didn't, I was like, Well, your parents should pay for them to come then. Uh, and then then it'd go down the list and it would be like they're not getting through the chapel doors. And it was like all gift based and everything as well. And bride brides loved it. And then we started to do other things like I did a spin the wheel bot. So uh Basically, you'd you go on Facebook, you you comment and say spin, uh, and this is when on Facebook you could just do one word comment and like you know engagement the hell out of it, uh, and they'd they'd say spin, and then it would open up Facebook Messenger, they would click a button, it would then do a GIF where something was spinning around, and then it would do a random outcome based on that, which then got them to a sales page. So we were getting leads for like twenty cents.
0: Wow, that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, do you think? were they the kind of like all these new things were they slightly the wild west days where you know it was <laughs> yeah. yeah you could sort of be chuck stuff together and and get quite good results whereas it must be maybe it's a bit more competitive now is it and a bit harder to
1: it's more compliance to be honest than anything yeah. you know it's i don't think it's that hard to stand out mm, because true. you just because you just need to remember that people are humans and also when you make things when you take it beyond just being functional and make it entertaining that's what people want because it's social media uh one of the best books that i've read on gamification is actionable gamification by Yuka chow and i got the chance to interview him about 18 months ago and it was like the the guy has just got it dialed in so if you ever look into gamify your sales experience to make it better have a read of that book it's a 12-hour audible but it's worth it Mm, wow interesting um and i suppose yeah it's it's about
0: it sounds like it's about being sticky and engaging in better ways than your competition and that that's partly through conversations are partly automated like you say interactive elements gamification which is can be a similar thing i get that um so what what are the tools you would go to if, you know, if someone's listening and thinking, oh, might build a chat bot, what are the kind of best tools for doing that?
1: Yeah, so we've always used ManyChat. Uh, yeah, that that's kind of the were, biggest one, I think, is it? One of the they biggest. got a ton of venture funding as well, which I think, you know, obviously helped help their growth, but they were already doing things in the right, right direction. Yeah. And th- they are moving with the trend of, you know, they've now got SMS on there, they've got email, they've got, uh, they're launching Instagram on there soon as well by the time you listen to this they, they may have already launched it Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of flexibility there and then we've got our, like our own S- two-way SMS platform that we use uh, to do those back and forth SMS conversations and voicemail drops and all those kind of things as well
0: yeah okay many chat yeah so and and building a chatbot can can essentially be kind of like building a tree of options can't it a bit like a kind of choose your own adventure type thing with multiple choice options but as you say people can then have responses that are triggered by certain keywords. Yeah, so I've got a problem with my kettle, you know, could be like, oh, that triggers a very certain response because that kettle keyword is in there, for instance, right? Exactly. And Um, that's gone a
1: lot further now as well, really, because we have things like dialogue flow. So, you know, for example, you could go into Starbucks. Um, I don't know if they've actually got this, but like, like the concept of it, you could go into a coffee shop and on your phone, you could say, hey, I want a skim latte. With mariyaka waka waka, <laughs> uh, <laughs> chocolate on top, and uh, two sugars. Mm. Now, with the natural language processing, that can recognize all those parameters and say, okay, cool. So they said coffee, they said mariyaka waka waka, yeah. and um, they wanted two sugars. And then that would pull that information through, put that through their own system. And then by the time they get to the counter, they can go and check out in that way. Or even better, they could yeah. go, actually, can I have one sugar? And then it'd recognize the fact that they've said they want to change, look at that parameter and then change yeah. it out.
0: That's incredible really, isn't it? Um, okay, so you on your website, you know, you talk mm-hmm. about your CCom system. You know, you, you it sounds like you have a quite specific system that you roll out for your clients. Mm-hmm. Just give us a sort of high level overview of the kind of main moving parts of that, and that would be interesting to hear about.
1: Yeah, so we we are really we we look at it like I say from the eight percent human-like and that twenty percent human experience. So we we have a series of uh, automations and, and proven frameworks that we already know that have worked, and we tried them with numerous different clients. So then we take those, we install those. And, and now what we have just started doing is like installing our own uh, customer service team as well to handle all that human rollover.
0: And what, what are the kind of, uh, I mean, what are the typical components there? We talked about lead magnets, which just to, for clarification are, you know, downloadables that you exchange an email address for usually something like that. Um, automated chat systems of some sort, either through a chat bot or maybe through SMS or email. Are there any other things as as part of this kind of wider comp, sort of CCom landscape that I should know
1: about? Yeah, so you know we've we've done this with um, normal, you know, straight to product funnels. We've done it with webinars. We've done it with challenge funnels. Uh, with what's a challenge funnel? So a, ch- a challenge funnel is where someone will go and pay like, for example, $27.37 to be part of a five-day challenge where they get taught the basics of the thing. And then off the back of the challenge, then they get, say, hey, would you like to go even deeper and even further with it? And then they go into a high ticket product from that. So we've just done another million dollar launch uh, with doing a challenge funnel uh, with a client. And some of the success around that, as well as the fact that we built conversation on the back end of it. So when people have already had that touch point with everyone in the community over those five days of the challenge, and then they get a personal message from one of the owners that then starts a conversation and rapport to say, hey, like, just what questions you've got, what's holding you back about moving forward with this. And they're like, oh, it's this or this or this. And you just handle those objections there and then. Like you would on a sales call, but without the pressure. Yeah, I mean
0: the the challenge funnel. It's a it's a sort of lead magnet in a way, isn't it? It's a way of bringing people in and getting their information uh, with at low stakes, in and so that you then can actually start a, a, a proper conversation with them with whatever channel they use, whether it's SMS, or email, or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, you you have to be able to initiate it, don't you? And that initiation is basically about getting someone's email address or phone number, one way or another. That's kind of the the thing that's going to actually drive any com system, however
1: it's set up. I mean, I'm I'm more of a fan of a buyer is a buyer. Mm. So if you can bring someone in on low ticket products, even if they spent twenty seven dollars with you, the percentage of those people that are going to become a high ticket buyer is significantly higher than mm. someone who has never bought anything. You know, That's so I've seen seen people do free challenges and some people do them really well. Uh, mm. Personally, when we've done free challenges, there's there's a lot of risk on the front as well. So, for example, if, if you do, and we've seen the numbers difference from an engagement perspective, if you do a free challenge, then you might end up with uh, 20% of those people actually go and do anything in the challenge the rest of it, because it's just another opt-in, right? Because they feel like they've done something. But if you've gone and spent $37, you're going to be like, okay, I'm going to go and commit to this.
0: That's very interesting. And then of course, once those people have spent money, just even though it's a small amount, because they've spent money with you, it's so much easier to actually spend money with you again, psychologically, isn't
1: it? And it's like cheese. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine you go into the supermarket and now you don't see many of these at the moment because of COVID. Mm. However, remember the old uh, cheese sample Indeed. sections. I <laughs> Would you like to try the cheese? What did the, How many times? Well, why, why would they do that, firstly? Why would they do samples? Because people try the cheese, they get a taste for it. Mm. Once they get a taste for it and it's a good experience, then they're going to go and have more of it. So what we look at is if their first buying experience is a great experience, then they're going to come back and buy more. Yeah. So that's the most important thing: is like don't don't scam your customers on the first first rung of the ladder because they're never going to buy from you again. So just make sure that first experience is the best experience it can be.
0: Okay, yeah, cool. That's
1: good. A lot, you know, some people
0: listening are going to be sole traders, you know, single entrepreneurs. Can a sole trader? Uh, a one person business with almost no budget get started
1: doing this stuff? Yeah, hundred percent. So, if, you know, for, for us, most of the time we're working with clients that are already doing a million, million dollars a year in revenue plus. Um, however, it, you don't need that to get started. Like for example, the first thing you want to do is if anyone opts in for any form or anything, your first email that you should add into an automation is a, Hey, what went wrong? Hey, hey, it's it's Will from Digital Marketing Institute. So I just just wanted to check: did something go wrong? Is something break? Just let me know. Hmm. So, so, a kind of a customer care type check-in. Yeah, but not a stock. Uh, not a stock. Hey, I noticed you didn't complete your order. Right. Hmm. That's that's like oh, this is automated. But uh, hey, hey, it's Will. I just wanted if something went wrong, can you let me know?
0: Yes. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Um, so yeah, that would be, a, I mean, that's um, car abandonment. You know what I mean? A quick win, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and, you know, you talk about some quite impressive numbers with your clients. Like, give me an example. I mean, what, what are the most dramatic turnarounds you've personally seen with your clients when implementing this kind of uh, conversational commerce system
1: yeah so we we've had clients go from thirty five thousand dollars a month to about 250 thousand dollars in 12 weeks uh we had another client who challenge we did a challenge with and then for the first first challenge we did together the previous one they'd done 35 thousand and then the next one they did 293 thousand um we've done multiple seven figure launches with clients and ongoing stuff so there's quite a lot of
0: it works. <laughs> it's quite a jump, isn't it? I mean, I suppose what I'm when trying to get my head around, is it that it's, it's not that they're reaching more people, it's that they're losing less people, that they're patching up the leaks rather than, you know,
1: pouring more water into
0: the system or something.
1: It's both. So if you, if you think about it, then let's say right now it costs you $100 to get a customer. And But your average cart value, how much someone spends with you on average, is $60. Now, if you're going to apply conversational commerce and also look at, okay, how could we add maybe another upsell in there or what else could we do to the customer experience to improve that? And then you can get that average cart value up to $100. But you know when you spend $100 and you get $100 back, that then those people in three months' time go and spend another five thousand dollars with you. You're going to do that all day long, right? Yes. What What happens a lot of the time is the people that we when we start working with them, they they don't have that right. So it's always like they're going in the hole too much at the front to be able to confident confidently scale. So yes, it is putting more fuel on the fire, and at the same time, it's also about scaling everything up because of the the increase in conversion rates so you can get a bigger return on your ad spend for no extra money spent yeah and i mean arguably the quickest win uh, i mean you've said it's
0: both but i would imagine the quickest win is patching the leaks right because we've if people are already driving potential customers into a funnel but a lot of those customers are dropping out for one reason or another just patching up that those leaky Pipes or whatever seems to be the the immediate quick win there. Um, so I can see why you get those results with your clients. It's it's, it's great. It's it's impressive. I'm sure this is uh, really interesting for our listeners, and it's been it's been really fascinating to hear about this. So I'll really like to give people kind of practical things to do and takeaways, you know, from the episode. So what are three things that our listeners could do right now, literally as soon as this podcast episode ends, to improve their own business results using conversational tactics?
1: Yeah. So firstly, I'd say go and add in that what went wrong message, right? Because then you, at the very least, you're going to find out why people are not buying now, is that
0: specifically cart abandonment? That's specifically people who've started the checkout process but don't
1: complete it. So it could be it could be like yeah, a normal front-end product, you know, like an e-commerce product. Or it could even be like a, a higher ticket product, it could be off the back of a webinar, it could be even in a in a local setting. You know, hi, hi, it's so and so from the local travel agent. I know you requested details yesterday I haven't heard back from you just wondered if something went wrong it doesn't really matter what it is yeah I
0: get it so it's about for never letting people remain unfollowed up if if that's the right way to say it, it's always making sure
1: and then people have an emotional attachment the other way Mm. around right so if I said if I sent you a message and said hey well did something go wrong or something break let me know ASAP and uh, let me know and I'll get it fixed ASAP you're you're going oh god I don't want him to think that something's broke I don't want him to do work he isn't supposed to be doing. So then you message me back in and you'll either say, no, nothing was wrong. I just had a question about, or yeah, something broke.
0: Yeah. Okay. I get that. That's good. So what's the second
1: tip? Second tip is micro commitments. And we haven't had a chance to speak about micro commitments much, but micro commitments mm. are massively important. Tell me about that. So micro commitments about getting people to say small yeses throughout the conversation. Is, is that Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that's a micro. Commitment. You just I got you. Right. Got me. Okay. So what what you're doing all the time, and, and we, we do this in the sales and the marketing and the way you're writing the conversation. Like, for example, if I said, hey, hey, Will, what's your goal with I don't know, what's your goal with this podcast, Will? Our goal
0: is to educate as
1: many marketers globally as possible. And and, and you want to educate as many marketers globally as possible because you want to make that impact and that legacy on the world, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There you go, micro commitment.
0: <laughs>
1: so you're just getting you to say yes all the time and you're getting you to do that buy in. And what and what I did then as well is what did I do? I took your phrase in that you told me and then took the phrase and then expanded on the phrase. Yes. So where people go wrong a lot of the time with conversation is they don't use the words that the prospect is using. So if someone imagine you get a customer complaint. Someone rings up and go, I am so annoyed right now, and you go, I really understand that you're frustrated. Yeah, like I'm not frustrated, I'm annoyed. <laughs> yeah, right. And it works the same the other way in a positive I- intent. And and like so, if you you just said, Hey, I want to educate as many marketers in in the world on a global level. If I if I said, Hey, you you just wanna you wanna help people out, you know, uh, as, as much as you can. You're like, that's not really what I want to do. Hmm. But because I've repeated back what you've just said to me, you're like, yeah, it gets me.
0: Yeah, it's funny, isn't
1: it, that? Yeah. When you're having that conversation, it needs to be like repeat back to them what they say and then expand upon it. And then if that hits where you're like, yeah, yeah, I do want to do that because of that. And if you did that, you'd be able to do this as well, right? And you're like, yeah, that would. So I get that. That's that's really good advice.
0: So that would be a way to structure if you're going to build, let's say, a chat bot or a conversational Mm -hmm. flow. A way to structure it is to have uh, to create yeses, but I think you could yes. do that as, through through other channels. Feels like there's other channels subtly you could do that in just pieces of marketing. Everything, yeah, everything.
1: It's not a, it's not a uh, for a certain platform. You know, no. even if you're writing emails, yeah, if you're writing an email, don't write it as in I'm writing a broadcast. Mm. Write it as hey, have you ever felt like this? You, you probably have, right? Mm. And when and then this happens, and now you're probably thinking this.
0: Yeah, am I right? And people are nodding their head without knowing, and and yeah, and it's yeah. Sort of, it's resonating with them, isn't it? More strongly. That's that's a very good point in terms of messaging. I like that. Yeah. Okay. What's the third thing someone could do uh, straight after listening to this podcast? Now, now you now put
1: me on the spot.
0: <laughs> so third third thing that you could do, you know, to implement the the sort of just just to improve their results through conversational tactics in some way.
1: Yeah. Go go and. In go and sign up for some of the platforms that we, we we mentioned, you know, like if you want to enhance your customer experience, if you're a sole trader, go ahead and get Bonjoro on a trial for 14 days mm. and take everyone who in the last 90 days has replied and said they're interested in something but not bought, and go and record them a quick video message to say, you know, hey, checking in, I know you requested this information a while back. I just wanted to see if you, uh, you need any help or support. Yeah, or have you solved that problem now? If you have, let me know, and I'll I'll take take you off this list. Here to help. Yes, I think that's that. There's two really good points in there.
0: One is a lot of these services have free trials, and um, I'm always telling people that in my workshops. Like, go and avail of them. You get to use really great software for free um the second one is play around i get the sense you're you're a, a tinkerer and a, and a, i think you said you're a bit of a mad professor you, you've you spent a lot of time playing around and experimenting with these tools and there's no sh- there's not really a shortcut to that i think you do have to just get your hands dirty and get stuck in really don't you the only shortcut to it is finding someone who's already done it which is you <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> so come and, come and come and find you and pay you to do it exactly so um well that's great thanks so much paul this very insightful chat and um i learned a lot and i'm sure our listeners did too just to close um tell everyone where they can find you online
1: yeah so you can go to amplify so if you want to amplify your business with conversational commerce then go to amplify ccom.com and there's free resources on there to help you out
0: There are indeed. And they're great. Thanks very much, Paul. Really appreciate your time. Thanks very much, Will. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about transforming your marketing career through certified online training, head to digitalmarketinginstitute.com. Thanks for listening.